everyone, Sydney St. James with you today for the first of three-part series for my Mother's Day special. And today, we're going to be doing a special on a mother called by God. What a wonderful thing that God's Word has so many messages just for moms, messages for parents, really, for moms, dads, and grandparents. Try praising your wife, even if it does frighten her at first, right? If evolution is true, how come mothers still have only two hands? Hmm? Can you answer that? Now, that's, I saw that on a church sign the other day. As I began to write a blog years ago, years ago, this is before the advent or advent of the internet and so forth, my wife Barbara and I found we were going to have a ch second child the mother of my children. Several weeks later, Barb was going through her clothes in the closet trying to find something that would fit. She couldn't find anything. So I watched her. And then I also watched our three-year-old daughter, Vanessa. She said to her mom, Mom, now that you're going to have a baby, are you going to have to wear eternity clothes? And I still remember Barbara looking at her and saying, eternity clothes? Yes, it seemed that way at the time. And what of a wedding? A little boy was attending his first wedding. And after the service, his mother asked him, son, do you know how many women a man is allowed to marry? And the little boy said very quickly, 16. The young lad said. His mother was shocked. What do you mean 16, dear? And he said, Mom, it's easy, the little boy said. All you have to do is add it up like Reverend Treem said on Sunday morning back at church. Four better, four worse, four richer, and four poorer. 16. Another example is that one of the mothers in our church put her daughter to bed on the eve of her fifth birthday. She was trying to communicate that birthday idea to her. Heather, she said, this is the last night of your fourth night. Do you understand that? Hmm. Heather was very quick in her answer, and she was ready to communicate with her hands, right? So for an entire year, she has shown people four fingers, four fingers. And now, well, the baby girl was ready to add a thumb to that, right? Seeing her four fingers, the mother, Colleen, nodded and said, when you go to sleep tonight, Angel, you will be four years old. But do you know how old you'll be when you wake up in the morning? Heather nodded up and down enthusiastically, and she added her thumb to her four little fingers and said, Yes, Mama, tomorrow I'll be a handful. Well, we celebrate Mother's Day for all mothers who have had their hands full, right? What a wonderful thing that God's Word 
has so many messages just for moms. Messages for parents, really. For moms, dads, grandparents, stepmoms, stepdads. There are also those listening who will one day be in the delightful company of parents. And there are single adults who profoundly influence our homes. History's most famous mother was called by her mother to her task, just as parents today are called by God to their task. A mother called by God submits entirely to God's will. When Mary was only a teenager, she was confronted with the challenge, wholly submitting to God's will. Mary was almost, and I mean almost, speechless when Gabrielle told her that she was to carry the Christ. Now the key phrase, I am the Lord's servant, may it be. Mary never once wavered from her complete submission to God's will. Was she nervous? You better bet she was, absolutely. Was she unsure of her own abilities? No doubt. I would say, yepers, she sure was. Who wouldn't be, right? Was she anxious about the prophecy that part of her future would include pain? Uh-oh, <laughs> that's right, of course. Mary was a little like the mother who sits up late at night, far past her bedtime, waiting for the date to end. She was like the father who said the silent, heartfelt prayer as she watched his child drive away from the house, taking all those raw instincts into the streets of great danger. Mary was like any parent listening to this broadcast today who wanted only the best, right? Only the most protection for her child and fully aware that life happens. It just does. And not all of life is pleasant, okay? Face the fact. But Mary, well, she was unlike a lot of parents in our world today. Mary was, first of all, wholly committed to God. She was so committed to God that she had no room for commitment to anything else. And that made her a mother, a mother worth imitating. A mother called by God does not have to be perfect. I don't care what people say. This is fantastic news, right? My Aunt Lexi, all of her life, lived just outside Mansfield, Louisiana, was the daughter of the Reverend Ada Slayton Bonds, of which this podcast, the finale, We'll talk about Reverend Ada Slayton Bonds. Anyhow, she tried perfection one day on the day her daughter got married. As she told the story, she went to the front of the church to light one of three candles, not realizing the potential hazard that they could cause. She got too close, and she set her acrylic fingernails on fire. And she blew them, and smoke started coming from her fingers. Now, this was at her daughter's wedding, right? And trying not to ruin Bobby Jean's big day, she calmly lit the candle, 
from one of the flaming nails that was still on fire. And then, like a gunslinger, she blew out her nail that was on fire. Needless to say, her blackened nail was the talk of the reception afterwards. Again, another story. Dr. Daryl Jenkins, a renowned surgeon at Memorial Southwest in Houston, Texas, tells a moving story about his mother, Mrs. Jenkins. Mrs. Jenkins insisted that Daryl and his brother John write weekly book reports to her every week. And this wasn't for school. This was for their mom. So Daryl and John, without any protest, of course, obeyed. They did just that. When he was in junior high, Daryl finally realized something quite shocking. His mom didn't know how to read for years. And John had read books too and scratched out reports, assuming that their mom was checking every single word. But she didn't have a clue what he was saying or what John was saying. Now, consider this, my listener, my dear friend. Daryl was raised by an illiterate mother and he grew up to be a world-famous surgeon featured in many articles and an author of several book, books to, to, at that. John grew up becoming valedictorian in his class, and John became a commander of his own nuclear submarine in the Navy after he graduated from the Naval Academy at that in Annapolis, Maryland. His illiterate mom didn't twist her hands over her lack of learning and give up hope of raising intelligent boys. Instead, she gave her boys what she had, an interest, accountability, and the courage to demand extra work. Even though she was the mother of Jesus, Mary wasn't perfect either. When Jesus performed his first miracle, now get this, Mary's conversation was the most unusual part of the water turning to wine in the story. Jesus said to Mary, now get this, this is the Bible talking now, woman, why do you involve me? It's not my time. Whoa, <laughs> can you imagine you or me going up to mom when we're young and saying, woman, <laughs> what do I have to do this for? A woman, why this? Huh, that would, that would be said one time, right? First, a word to all children. Don't try this at home with your mother, right? But secondly, think of the awkwardness of this situation. Mary's request and conversation with Jesus appeared to contradict what Jesus was ready to do. Though Jesus went on and performed the miracle, there's a feeling that he did so in part because his mother put him on the spot. If that's not a clear indication of Mary's imperfection, a second situation occurred. That's right. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside the building wanting to speak to him. Someone walked up and told Jesus, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to talk to you. Jesus nodded 
and ask the man, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. If Mary had understood the task of Jesus, would she have tried to interrupt him or even agree with his unbelieving brothers that his ministry needed to be tempered? Stopping the ministry of Jesus Christ, even for just a little while. Now, that was a mistake on Mary's part. But let's talk about you. Any of you in my listening audience today, you've made mistakes in the past. We all have, and we'd be lying if we haven't, right? You've certainly made a mistake or two today even, and you'll make more mistakes, trust me, tomorrow. But through it all, God will love you, and God will work with you, and God will accept you. Through it all, your task of mothering or your grandmothering will be accomplished, trust me. How many women how many women out there have been discouraged by the last few words of the scriptures in Proverbs? It is there that the author writes the perfect woman. There are 22 lines in the poem, and with each one begins successive letters of the Hebrew al alphabet. It's a mind-bender poem that speaks of an imaginary woman. She never sleeps, and she's always working. Okay, so that's the part of the poem that's reality. But in the poem, she manages a fleet of ships and she runs a gigantic farm and she manages a big staff and she sews like a fashion expert in New York and she cooks and cleans meals like a great chef and she homeschools her children. And not only that, she has a feast waiting on her husband when he gets home from his much less demanding job. And guess what? She doesn't need any carpool whatsoever. Instead, she simply puts on her super mom cape and flies her children to the next appointment or to the next football game or the next basketball game. If we were here to see in English what we can't see in Hebrew, perhaps it would be a poem that said, A is for apple pie she bakes, and B is for the baby she loves, and C is for the cleaning of the house. Right on down to Z is for the zoo she manages in her backyard. In case, but in the case of my brothers and me in Eagle Lake, well, it wasn't the zoo, they called the back room where all the brothers slept the stables. No difference. Any woman who tries to emulate the woman of Proverbs 31 will understand the first line that says, a wife like this, who in the world can find her? A mother called by God never relinquishes her title of mom Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Mary didn't stand in an austerly calm. She wasn't philosophical way that 
showed fortitude or mastery of emotions, an uncomplaining acceptance of destiny at the foot of the cross, as if she were already made out of stained glass. Instead, she crumbled. She crumbled down to her knees at the cross, and she cried. She fell down to the depths there, moaning, wailing, and begging the God above Almighty in heaven to stop, to stop the hell on earth that her son was experiencing, to stop the pain that he was suffering. The truth of Simeon's prophecy at the birth of Jesus was suddenly true. The cross cut deeply into Mary's heart. Despite the pain, however, Mary was there. She was a mother from the beginning and a mother at the end. A mother called by God never, never relinquishes her title. You will find mothers like that in the halls of children's hospitals. You'll find them in funeral homes. You'll find them as counselors in offices and at school. Mothers never, never, never relinquish the title. Even if the child is rebellious or harsh or even cruel, her heart just will not allow it. Not when she is called by God. Sometimes the very most difficult decision for a mother will ever make comes right at the beginning. Yet, there does continue to be that brave lot of young women who realize, under the rarest of circumstances, that the best gift that they can give their child is the gift of adoption. And all over the world, that painful giving up of a baby is much like that of a son on a cross. But even at that moment of giving up, a mother's love dominates, truly dominates the scene. It is sacrificial and it's painful, but it is a loving moment of care and mothers who give their children to families patiently, standing in line of love, need to be applauded, need to be loved, and they need to be recognized. When a woman becomes a mother and a man becomes a father, there's an instant realization that the day will almost certainly come when pain dominates the picture, the crosses. Well, they are different for every family, but frankly, the crosses usually come. There might be a divorce, there might be disease, and there might even be death. There may be harsh words and unacceptable actions. And they may be tough, tough love and impossible nights. But through it all, mothers called by God never, ever relinquish their title. There's absolutely nothing, nothing at all like a mother's love. Nothing. Hmm. In closing for today's message, Mary had a chance to see God's entire plan played out.
she suffered through her son's crucifixion and she celebrated his resurrection and even was part of the small group that witnessed the powerful presentation of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. What a gift from God to live long enough for parenting to make sense, right? Some parents live long enough to see God's plan for their children and some see God working in the lives of their grandchildren as well. Some indeed only see God's plan from the halls of heaven. It's unusual to close a message from a newspaper comic strip that I saw about children in a family and one that I saw in the Houston Post and it was many years ago. One of the young adults in the group announced, storks don't bring babies, they come by UPS. Some other children had different ideas, but the best was saved for last. Babies, said one, are connected to their mothers by a biblical cord. Hmm. Every idea presented to you today comes from this message, has come from the Bible. And there are so many solid principles for parenting in the Bible that no parent can afford to not know them. So if you're going to be a godly parent, be sure to be immersed in all of God's word and be sure to be fully committed to the calling that he's given you. Well, I think looking at my clock that I've gone long enough for this part one. So be sure to join me for part two and part three that are around the corner for this Mother's Day weekend special. And be sure to hit the thumbs up down there below, and that means you like my podcast, hit on the little button over there that says subscribe. Love for you to subscribe to my podcast, and I'll send you a notification every time I cut a new one. So again, and oops, and also any comments, any questions you have, leave them as well. I'll do my best to answer them on future podcast shows. So until then, happy Mother's Day weekend, and I'll see all you folks again around the corner. Later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. <laughs> Bye now.